This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Um, I thought I'd start um, with a bit of a confession to all of you. Uh, we're all friends here, I can be honest. Um, this topic... It's a bit scary for me personally. Um, I really struggle to talk to strangers. Uh, if we've never met, then I will struggle to talk to you. I'm really sorry about that. It's just part of who I am. Uh, when I was really little, uh, I was that really, really, really like debilitatingly shy little boy uh, who wouldn't even look at someone, let alone talk to them. Um, you know, we'd go to the shops and my mum would be like, oh, I'll give you the money and you can go and, and pay for this thing. You know, the nice lady will help you at the cash register. And I was like, no, no, that is not happening. I am not doing that. Um, and even now, as an adult, even as a pastor, I find it a bit intimidating and a bit scary to talk to people I don't know. Um, I don't know about you. Uh, I love how I can go onto my phone and just like order food without having to talk to someone. You know, go to Macca's and you use the little, little screen and you don't have to go up to the desk where the person works. You just press on the buttons and, and your order goes through. How good. Is anyone, anyone else a fan of that? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I would have loved that when I was a teenager to just like not have to talk to anyone. That would have been the best. Um, so... Uh, this is kind of a tricky topic, um, but it is a topic that I've been thinking about and reflecting about and considering and praying about uh, for about a year now, uh, and something that I have become really convinced uh, that, you know, God wants to push us on this one. Uh, he's certainly pushing me on it. I thought I'd share that with you. Um, I, I preached this morning uh, a message about being a welcoming church, and Lewis was like, just do it again tonight. <clears throat> so I'll try and stay to the script, but I can't make any promises. Um, but yeah, my desire is for me to become, I'm just going to bring this down here, for me to become more welcoming, um, and for us collectively as a church to become more welcoming. Uh, which is not to say that we're not already being welcoming. Uh, like, I know a lot of you guys are, are way better at this than me, like just naturally speaking. Uh, there's a lot of really extroverted, outgoing, bubbly, friendly people here um, who love to chat to people they don't know, love to go up to strangers, start a conversation. Um, that doesn't come naturally to me, uh, and I find you really inspiring. Um, those of you who are doing this so well, and, and in fact, that's kind of gone into what I want to talk about tonight, um, the stuff that I've observed, that I've seen you doing, that I've seen working, that I want to kind of share with all of us so that we can get better at this together. How does it feel to be left out? What is that, what is that feeling uh, when everyone else has their group and you're the odd one out, where you're kind of left on the edge of things. I think it's interesting that uh, our society seems to be 
geared more and more and more and more towards not talking to strangers, not connecting with people we don't know. Like I just talked about having, having a phone or having a kiosk at Macca's or whatever, all of these apps and ways that we can order food or order stuff from the shops, uh, get your click and collect and your delivery and your Amazon and so many of those situations that our parents did face-to-face with real people, the next generation are doing with a device in between. Uh, Our society, I think, is telling us not just with the technology, but in general, is telling us, you've got your people, your little group, your besties, your best friends, your family members, maybe your parents, maybe your siblings, this little tight-knit group that are your safe people. And our culture tells us, focus on your safe people, connect with your group, your people, everyone else, can look after themselves. They're not your problem, and if you try and connect with them, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be awkward, they might have different views to you, they might believe different things to you, they might say something that offends you, or you might accidentally say something that offends them. So just keep your distance from people that aren't your people. But you know what Jesus says? Uh, Lewis preached last week, still one of my key texts. Jesus says, do to others what you would have them do to you. Which means, think about how it was for you when you felt left out, when you were on the outer, when you were on the edge. What would you want someone to do for you, to include you, to welcome you? I have a... a personal testimony to share with you that is not my own. Uh, this is someone called, who I'm going to call Amy. It's not a real name, but we're going to call her Amy so that you don't think it's someone who it isn't. Uh, Amy um, came to Narara, tried our church out a few times, uh, and she decided is not a good fit. It's not for us. We're not going to stick around. Uh, and, you know, that does happen from time to time. People come and go. Um, and usually, as a pastor, I would love to know why. And with this particular woman, Amy, I got to find out why. I got to m- connect with her of a messenger uh, and asked her, hey, where are you at? What's going on? Are you going to connect with us? And, and this is what she said. She said, we didn't end up going back to Narara. We went twice and just felt really left to the side. And I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen. I don't want people to feel left to the side when they come and visit our church. Uh, And so I said to her, would you mind telling me, in your opinion, from your experience on the other side, because I think I know, but I probably don't, what do you think we could do differently? How could we do better? And this is what she came back with. She said, one thing I would suggest is people just going over and saying hello and then finding someone to link in with them when they come back for the second time so that they can start connections. We were just stared at like a deer in headlights and then ignored. That's no good, is it? 
You know, some people, when they have that experience here, here at Narara, they come back a third week, and a fourth week, and a fifth week, and a sixth week, and eventually they get to know people, people get more comfortable, and they get past this stage. But for Amy, it was too hard, and she gave up. And that's not on her, that's on us. Like, to make it easier for her to get connected more easily. Like, it's not up to her to go and introduce herself to new people, uh, to go and work the room. Some people do that just naturally, and they're amazing at it, and they just get connected in straight away. Uh, but for some of us, this is how I would be, I'm sure. For some of us, that's too hard, and you need some help. And I want us to be a church that helps people get connected. That was the key word that stood out to me in what she said. Making connections. Like not just coming to the event, not just sitting in the rows and hearing the sermon and singing the songs and then going home, but making connections with the people. Because the church isn't us up the front, the church is the people, it's everyone together. Uh, in light of that, let's have a look at what the Bible says. Uh, the first place I want to go uh, is an unusual place in the Bible. Uh, this is a tiny little book uh, that in your Bible contents page is probably called 3 John, uh, not to be confused with the book that's called John, chapter 3. Uh, this is a letter written by a guy who calls himself the Elder um, to his dear friend Gaius, uh, we think the elder's name was John, which is why the letter is called 3 John. Um, and he's writing this letter to his mate Gaius, and he's saying, you are an awesome welcomer. And I just want to encourage you. He says, dear friend, you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. It's encouraging, isn't it? Uh, when somebody can be a welcomer, to show hospitality, uh, to strangers, to love them, even though Gaius doesn't know these people. He shows them love in a manner that honours God. And John says to Gaius, we should all be like you, Gaius. We should all show hospitality to such people. We're on the same team. We're working together to be people of God, people who love people we don't know, in just little ways. Uh, the other thing I want to read to you uh, is Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2, which says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Uh, which is a fun little uh, thing to point out. Um, there is a story in the book of Genesis uh, where Abraham 
He's kind of famous. You've probably heard of Abraham. Abraham uh, has some visitors come to his place. He lives in a tent, um, and they come to his tent, uh, these strangers walking down the street, uh, and he invites them to come in. He invites them to have a meal with him. Uh, They sit down. Abraham's wife, Sarah, cooks up a meal, uh, and they all sit and chat for hours together at Abraham's place. And what Abraham doesn't know at the time not until afterwards, is that these, these guys walking down the street are not just guys walking down the street, but they are angels sent from God, messengers from heaven. Uh, and, you know, obviously that's going to blow his mind. And this guy writing the, the letter to the Hebrews is saying, you know, remember that story. You don't know who this person is. Uh, you don't know the incredible Uh, blessing that you can be to them and that they might be to you. Make the effort to connect with everyone. Offer hospitality to everyone because you just don't know what might come of it. So with those passages in mind, uh, I've got some practical ideas for what it looks like for us to be a more welcoming church. This is things that everyone can do. Uh, And these are things that I'm working on doing more and doing better myself. So I thought I'd share them with you. The first one is saying hi to new people. Saying hi to strangers. Saying hi to someone who you haven't met yet. That's what a stranger is, just someone you haven't met yet. Um, It sounds easy. I don't think it is. Maybe you do think it is. We're all wired differently. Uh, But this has got to be step one, welcoming 101, saying hi to someone you don't know. Uh, It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to have a a script to read from. You don't have to put on a persona. You don't have to pretend to be an extrovert. You can just naturally, as you, say good day. My second tip is say hi again, which is not like annoy that person. (laughs) What I mean is that when someone comes a second time or a third time or a fourth time, say hi to them the next time you see them. If if you've got a really good memory, you might even remember their name. But even if you don't, say hi again. Say, oh, didn't I meet you a couple of weeks ago? It's good to see you again. I'm really sorry, I forgot your name, but, you know, go from there. Give it a shot. Uh, That's what uh, my friend, we're calling Amy, uh, was was feeling like. That, you know, she came once and people were a bit standoffish. And she was like, well, I'll try again. When she came a second time, you know, she still got the the high, the initial highs. But she didn't feel like she was making any progress in terms of actually connecting in with people, getting to know anyone. Uh, And those repeat conversations... Uh, are going to help people feel like they're getting to know people. Third one is invite people. Uh, invite people to join you for a kind of a catch-up. And there could be anything, right? Um, you can invite them to official or unofficial things. <laughs> so the official things you might invite someone to. If you're in a connect group, you can invite someone to come check out your connect group. Um, maybe not the way that Ailsa invited me on the stage in the skit. Um, Don't be too intense about it. But yeah, if someone's come two, three, four times and you're starting to make that connection, this is an 
a really natural kind of next step to say, hey, we, we have a group that meets during the week. You could come check it out if you want. They might say no. They might say yes. Even if they say no, it's still going to make them feel like someone cares about me. Someone's noticed me. Someone's trying to help me get connected. Uh, you could invite them to the Life in the Spirit course. Uh, you could invite them to Grilled after church. Um, you could invite them to meet you for coffee or for lunch or for dinner or uh, whatever it is um, that you like to do. You could invite them to do it with you and some friends. Um, I know a lot of you guys hang out during the week with the NVBC buddies. That can be an open invite. That can be a group you can add people into. You can say, hey, a few of us are getting together to see this movie during the week. Do you want to come with us? Uh, it can be anything. But that next invite uh, makes the world a difference for someone to feel connected. Um, and my, my last tip, pro tip, is to work together. Teamwork. Uh, introducing that new friend that you've just started making a connection with to some other people, or even introducing that person who you're probably not ever going to make a connection with to someone they might make a connection with. Sorry, that was a very long, confusing sentence. Should I say that again more clearly? You might have made an initial connection with someone new, and you go, we have nothing in common, we are never going to be best friends. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. This isn't how to make best friends with everyone who visits our church. This is how to be a welcoming church. And so if you know someone in our church and you're like, you know who you would really get along with? You would really love Grant. Let me introduce you to Grant. I mean, Grant's the go-to, right? Everyone should know Grant. Um, introduce them to Grant. Uh, and, and the great thing about Grant is that if I'm kind of awkward talking to a stranger and then I bring them to Grant, he'll just take over and it'll be great. <laughs> You've got to own it. It's a spiritual gift of welcoming. So, yeah, we're a team. We can help each other with this stuff. Um, but, yeah, enough of my, like, boring practical tips. Uh, this is what I really want to kind of land on. You see, I think that uh, it's all well and good uh, for me to get up here and say, here's a list of things you have to do to be a welcoming church. Uh, but actually, it, it needs to be something that's coming from a deeper place, something that's coming from our hearts as God's people. Uh, and so I have these kind of heart principles up here. Uh, my, the, the seven of them, which is a holy number, so it's got to be good. Um, and some of them will be like, yeah, of course that's on the list, and others might need some explaining. So let me run, run you through them as quick as I can. The first one is authenticity. Um, this is like a big value of mine um, and of ours as a church, I think. Um, the 18 months that I've been here, I've noticed uh, that people at MVBC really value this kind of authenticity piece. Uh, and I don't want you to hear me saying that we all need to be fake extroverts to be a welcoming church. You don't need to fake who you are to be welcoming. And in fact, it is better for you to be real about who you are to be welcoming. People can tell if it's fake. But also, the new person is not a cookie cutter. Like everyone who comes 
looking for our church, wanting to investigate, wanting to check it out, wanting to try, try it on. All of those people are all different too. And I talked about like that sense of making like a natural connection. Like if we are being authentic in our welcoming, people will kind of go, oh, I really feel like I click with you. You make sense to me. We can get along because you're like me. And you don't know who, who it is who's going to click with that new person this week. It might be you, even you, who think I'm not a very welcoming person naturally. Because that person might not want to want the overbearing, full-on extrovert in their face. They might want the person who's not afraid of silence, who can just have a chill, quiet, slow conversation with them after church, one-on-one. So you, you do you. And lean into that. Which leads me, naturally, to the second point, which is effort. And I feel like these two go hand-in-hand in in a kind of push-and-pull thing. Uh, Because there's there's a danger when I say, be authentic, be yourself, that you go, well, my authentic me is that I don't talk to strangers. (laughs) I mean, I can say that about me, personally. That's me. That's Johnny. I find it really hard talking to strangers. So if I'm going to be authentic, I just won't do it, right? No, wrong. See, I I have decided, um, and I feel like God is really pushing me to say, no, you make make an effort. Take the extra step. Do the hard thing that you don't really want to do. uh, And try. Try to step out of your comfort zone a bit. Not in a way that makes you inauthentic. Not in a way that's forced but in a way that you are trying. Uh, I think of this as an act of generosity, a spirit of generosity. Not that you're giving someone anything that's worth any money, not that you're giving them something that's physical, but you're saying this new person who's standing on the edge and doesn't know anyone is feeling awkward. If I go and talk to them, I will then have an awkward experience. That is not fun for me. But I'm going to be generous. I'm going to put myself in an awkward situation. I'm going to put myself out. It's going to cost me my comfort, and it's going to be good for them because someone's making an effort to get to know them. That's generous. And we're supposed to be generous as Christians. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, It's one of the things that God is calling us to do and to be, to live generously. So if you think talking to a stranger is awkward and hard and uncomfortable, I'm telling you, yes, it is. Do it anyway. (laughs) Does that make sense? Do it as an act of generosity. Do it because you care more about the other person than your own comfort. But nevertheless, another push-pull pair, number four, is joy. Uh, Some of the time... I think a lot of the time, probably, more than I give it credit for, meeting a new person can be fun. It can be a joyful experience. Uh, And often, before I do it, I get all the butterflies in my tummy, and I think it's going to be terrible and awful and awkward and weird, so I don't do it. But when I do make the effort, when I do go in with the heart of generosity, what I discover is that this is an amazing person 
that it's fun to get to know them, and it's fun to introduce them to someone else, and it's fun to see them making connections, and it's joyful to see someone a month or two later getting really stuck in and really involved, and they know lots of people, and they're well-connected, and you go, I got to be part of that person's journey to feeling at home here, and that is a joy. So look for the joy. It's not just a chore that you do because Johnny told you to. Number five, hospitality. Uh, Do you guys know that word, hospitality? It's kind of a weird word that we don't use that often, except if you, like, work in a cafe. (laughs) Hospitality in this context is basically saying, I am inviting you into my home. Uh, But you can kind of broaden that definition out a lot which is basically to say, I want to make you feel at home in the place where I already feel at home. I want to share some of that home vibe with someone who's not yet on the inn. Uh, so here, mbbc.pm, uh, hospitality can be like, this is my crew. This is where I feel at home. This is where I feel comfortable and I want someone else who doesn't yet feel comfortable to feel comfortable. I want someone who doesn't yet feel at home to share our sense of at-homeness together. Uh, and so I'm going to seek those opportunities. This is like totally counter to our culture. Like as modern 21st century Australian, sunny coast, Western cultural mindset, has no framework for this. Uh, The only framework we have for hospitality is the hospitality industry where you run a cafe or a restaurant or a hotel or something. Like, that's it. And I think it's amazing that as Christians, we we get this book full of moments of hospitality and we get a God who says, "I I want you to come home to me. And with that, in our hearts, with that welcome home that God has spoken into us, uh, we can share that with others. Um, This thing that I'm calling hospitality was one of the really key things in my story of how I became a Christian. Uh, When I was like 13 years old, um, I was, as I said, I was a super shy little kid. I was still super shy at 13. uh, And I went on on a Christian camp. Um, I'd never been to church. I didn't know almost any Christians. I knew like one or two. One of them invited me to this camp um, with a whole bunch of Christians on it uh, where they played sport for a whole week. And I was like, the Christian thing I'm curious about, the sport thing, I'm on board. So I went on this camp and the way that these other kids my own age showed hospitality like, some of them have been coming on the camp, like, year after year after year, and they all knew each other. But they weren't all clicky, just kind of hanging out in their own little crew, and I was on the outer. They were like, Johnny, come and join us. Johnny, be on my team. Let's all do this. Let's all do that. And wanted to make me feel included. And I had never had anyone, apart from, like, my mum and dad, ever make an effort to make me feel included. And it was, like, life-changing. It sounds like such a small thing. But genuinely, I was like, there is something about these other kids, they, 
They're not like anyone I've ever met. And there's something about the culture of this camp that is like nothing I've ever seen. And I want to know why they are like that. And my desire to know why they were like that became my desire to know the God that they worshipped. And over the space of a couple of years, through that, I became a Christian. And I want that to be something that people can say about us. That people come here and they're like, I didn't really get the message and the songs were weird and I didn't know how to sing them and what's the deal with eating like a tiny piece of bread that's been out all day and is all dry and weird and like juice, like this much juice in the bottom of a cup, like what's that about? None of this stuff makes any sense but the heart of these people that they included me, that they welcomed me, that they invited me out for grilled after, like I want to get to know these people, there's something about them. And that's that heart of hospitality in action. I said I was going to get through this quickly, but I got really sidetracked. I'm sorry, Lewis. I'm getting there. Uh, number six, listening, which is like listening to the verbal and the nonverbal cues. Some of us are really good at this, some of us are a bit clueless, but we do our best to kind of pick up on the vibes. Uh, if someone that you're chatting to that you've never met before is a bit shy and a bit awkward to kind of read that <laughs> is good. Uh, but also, you know, you might, you might be chatting to them and they mention that they know someone who goes here and you're like, oh, I, th I think I saw them. I think they're here. Let me, like, take you to find your friend that you already know. Um, or listening to, like, what their name is and where they live, you know, unlike Elsa in our little play. Um, being a good listener is a big part of being welcoming because people feel heard when you listen to them well. And the last one is the kind of overarching big number seven, which is that it's about love and specifically about God's love. You know, I believe uh, that we have a God who is a welcomer. You know, God has a family, all of his sons and daughters, and he welcomes people into that family. Uh, the Bible talks uh, about God welcoming us and embracing us and saying, welcome home, uh, like to the prodigal son. God is a God of love, a God of hospitality, a God of generosity, a God of compassion. A God who says, welcome to the family. And we, as his people, ought to have that same attitude and that same heart, uh, even if it doesn't come naturally to you, like it doesn't come naturally to me, uh, to make the effort, to go the extra mile, to have that heart of love and generosity towards those that we don't yet know, uh, that we might be a reflection of the God that we worship. Uh, Lord God, we, we praise you for your love for us. Lord, we praise you that you are a God who has welcomed us home, uh, that you call us your children, uh, and that we can call each other brothers and sisters in you. And Lord, I pray uh, that we would uh, be filled with that love to overflowing, that we would be uh, people who offer that love and that hospitality, that welcome, to people we don't yet know 
Lord, uh, teach us to do it with authenticity, uh, to put in the effort, uh, to have generous spirits, to look for the joy in it, uh, to offer welcome and hospitality, uh, to be good listeners, and most of all, to be filled with your love. In Jesus' name. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.